Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. What's a Satellite Sister? The person you call when the best thing in your life happens or the worst. The person that gets you up, gets you going, and gets you through. And every once in a while, changes your mind. This podcast is part pep talk, part weekly check-in. Like grabbing coffee with a friend. Thanks for being here. Welcome to the Satellite Sisterhood. You're listening to Satellite Sisters. I'm Leanne Dolan here in Los Angeles. I'm a writer and producer. I have two college-age boys and a big dog. <laughs> I'm Liz Dolan. I'm a sometime part-time corporate executive, many-time podcaster, and I live in Santa Monica with my little dog, Hooper. Hi, I'm Julie Dolan. I live in Dallas, Texas, but I've lived here and there and everywhere around the world. Um, I'm a former university administrator. I'm an empty nester and an urban nana. All right. We're happy to welcome you all to Satellite Sisters today. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks so much for spreading the word. We appreciate it, don't we, Liz? Yeah, share the sisters. The number one way we get new listeners, which we always welcome, is when you tell your own Satellite Sisters that we're your favorite podcast. So we encourage you to do that. <laughs> yes. All right. Today on the show, as usual, we have a lot going on. We had to leave things off the rundown. That's what I happens. Know. We pitch ideas if it's right. a busy week. And I had to tear myself away from the Beyonce Jay-Z video which I was just watching on repeat all day yesterday. <laughs> okay, Liz, good for you. Good for right, you. Because there was a lot of heavy... That's a fine life you got going there, Liz. I yeah. was avoiding a lot of the heavier news yeah. in the world. I'll admit, it was all about yeah, staying away from what's actually happening in the world. That's true. But well, we're not going to stay away from that today. Julie has sort of an extraordinary first lady's desk. So we're going to talk about yes. some headline news. Also, a story from the New York Times about the pregnancy penalty. An unbelievable story about, you know, how much pregnant women lose in the workplace. Some of it criminal, like literally criminal things that are happening. Julie, we've made, made no progress, have we? No, I mean, it's, it's, that's the astounding part, that it's now a whole nother generation of women that really are battling for basic rights, employment rights. It's amazing. But Liz, you have a, a coda to that, sort of an uplifting TED Talk from a former colleague of I do. Yours. A former colleague of mine has a brand new TED Talk she has posted. She was part of the Nashville TEDx. She lives in Nashville. And I want to share some of the upbeat news she has, especially for working moms. All right. We have our Satellite Sisters Summer Read that we're going to announce. We have a Facebook roundup, some fantastic Facebook posts this week from the Satellite Sisters Facebook group. Julie, you were in Brooklyn last week, so you're bringing us fashion trends. <laughs> Fashion yeah, Leon, you know those overalls you used to wear? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh, we're God, going no, back. no. Coming back. Age limit. Age <laughs> limit. <laughs> all right. All that on today's Satellite Sisters. But, but first, Leon, scooters, yeah. scooters. <laughs> if you live in Santa Monica, you are experiencing a scourge of the scooters. Mm -hmm. And as I can tell from in the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, when I posted a picture of myself on a scooter... Many other cities are, in, are experiencing the same thing. So let me give you a little bit of a backstory, sure. and then I'm going to tell you. I took a scooter for a test ride, and I will have a complete report. At least you're alive. I That's know. Good. I swore I would never do it, but here's the deal. Santa Monica, as long as 
as well as many other cities, have all of a sudden over the last year, all these little electric scooters just started appearing on our sidewalks, just strewn here and there, sisters. And there are two main brands in Santa Monica. One is called Bird and the other is called Lime. So it's all about like cutesy little scooter. Just pick it up. You got the app on your phone. Boom. It's like a buck to rent one and 15 cents a mile. So, but when I say they started, <laughs> oh no, 15, cent, cheap. 15 cents mean, a 15 minute, cents 15 cents a mile. Yeah. No, no, they're cheap. That's the whole point, Julie. That's what these scooter companies keep saying, but it's just a cheap way for everyone to get around. So, um, so here's the deal. All of a sudden, like Santa Monica, which is a relatively small town, we have 1500 of these on the streets, right. just boom, all of a sudden. So it's become kind of a hot button issue. And I would say that's both socially and governmentally. Even in what we call the People's Republic of Santa Monica, there have been like city council meetings now. Like, what do we go? What's the deal with the scooters? uh, Because they could just drop them. And uh, and people were they kind of snuck up on us, and now they're trying to figure it out. So, well, Liz, are they on the street or are they on the sidewalks? They are everywhere, Julie. So that oh. is one of the issues. So here's the deal. So of course, the guy who runs the company called Bird, which is the more ubiquitous of the two, his name is Travis Vanderzanden. Like, okay, that sounds bad, right? <laughs> so that's a made-up Hollywood name, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and he just sounds like an evil villain. <laughs> yes. Okay, and guess where he used to work? Oh, Uber. There's a shocker. <laughs> and so a lot of the sort of Uber corporate ethos about just, you know, just do what you need to do and ask questions. Don't later. overthink it, man. Don't, don't overthink it. Yeah. Here's another thing he does. He's all about the the imagery. Like, the bird is all about liberation. And when you see, like, a group of birds, they're often together on a sidewalk or a lawn. That's called a nest of birds. And so that's annoying. And a group of people on birds together, he calls them a flock. A flock, yeah. Natural mall. No doubt. And, okay, so this guy is so 100% hateable. Even if you didn't know that he's already raised $150 million for this company and it's currently valued at a billion dollars. Okay, a billion dollars for little electric scooters. With no helmets. There, okay, so there are three main <gasps> public safety issues yeah. that have come up. Uh, number one is, yeah, the no helmet thing. No helmet. In, in Santa Monica, where helmets are the law. Right. At the city council meeting, uh, city manager Rick Cole... I didn't even know we had anyone in charge. He used frankly. to be the city manager of Pasadena. <laughs> really? <laughs> there was no one in charge of Santa Monica. <laughs> Doesn't Santa yeah, Monica feel I, like I, no one's in charge, Julie? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes, Liz. <laughs> that's what I like about it. <laughs> so city manager Rick Cole, uh, when asked to sort of estimate the number of people on the motorized scooters that are actually wearing helmets, he said two mm, percent would be his guess. So two percent out of hundred percent. So that's not good. But then he raised Another issue that um, the scooters, quote, have an unusual enforcement challenge. You can't run them down on foot patrol. You can't chase them down on bike patrol. And it's dangerous to pursue folks in a squad car. So so that's wow. your problem. So yeah. if you're trying to catch a bird, yeah. as we you know. need a big net. You that's what you need. They're birds. So, so Councilwoman Gleam Davis, Gleam Again, love the name. So mm-hmm. Santa Monica said maybe we should get the police department some scooters. Ha, ha, ha. That got a big laugh at the city council. Anyway, so the main issues are um, it's a public safety hazard. Nobody's wearing the helmets. Right. Uh, and guess what? 
everyone is just driving like driving they're crazy everywhere. people. Right. Uh, number two, they're cluttering the sidewalk, the roads, and yep. other public spaces because the whole point is, according to Travis Vanders on them, you can just throw them anywhere. And so guess what? People do. Another thing is you're supposed to be a licensed driver. Well, apparently oh. parents are installing the app on their kids' phones. So there are just a lot of people out there driving these scooters who are clearly not of age. Uh, How fast can you go on these scooters, Liz? 15 miles an hour. So, oh, that's quite a clip. So fast you enough. Can, yeah. That's why yeah. you can outrun the cops on bikes, Julie. You can go just enough faster than people on bikes that uh, that you can outrun them. So, so I had sworn that I was never going to try one of these. And I would say 85% of the conversations I've had with adult friends over the last month who live in Southern California have been exclusively about how much we hate the scooters. <laughs> it is. It's all anyone is talking about. It's, there's Frankly. an article in the LA Times every day about the scooters. So, um, yeah. So I had sworn I was never going to do it, but but last Friday was one of those super boring days when you're working at home and, you know, we work by ourselves most of the time and I just was getting super bored. And toward the early part of the afternoon, I was making my plan for the evening and, you know, I've been trying to do things that are good for me lately. So I thought even on a Friday night, I would go to a meditation class, mm-hmm. right? So I would yeah. do that. And I normally walk to that studio. It's about two miles from my home. So I had this brainstorm in the middle of my boring afternoon Friday that I would take, uh, that I would scoot to meditation. <laughs> uh huh. Okay. So that's what I did. So here's my With little. With or without a helmet, Liz. I know you posted on our Facebook group, but I didn't see a helmet. I don't own picture. a helmet, Julie. I, I, I just don't own a helmet. Yeah. But I needed a little bit of excitement in my life. I'll admit it. So, so I go out on the app. It shows you where they all are strewn around your neighborhood. So you check the app and it says, oh, there's a bird that's a block from you or a lime that's a block from you. So I go out 5 p.m. I find a bird. And it's, in, it's within a block of me, of course. I could not get it unlocked, no matter what I did. So that makes you look unbelievably uncool. And I looked even more uncool because there was an Uber driver, of all people, parked right there, like, watching me try to unlock the bird and failing. So after 15 minutes, I give up. I walk up the block. Of course, there's another lime right there. So boom, I, I unlock the lime. That's no problem. And... The upside to being on the lime instead of the bird is that, by happenstance, my sneakers totally matched my scooter. <laughs> that is cool. So you can see that in the photo I posted in the Facebook group. I happen to have lime green on my, on my shoes. So anyway, so by 5.20, this only takes me 20 minutes. It's supposed to take 30 seconds. By 5.20, I'm zipping along. I'm on my way. By 5.21, uh-oh, now I need to make a turn onto a busy street. I'm, and there are no signals of any kind on a line. <laughs> no blinkers. You no blinkers, Julie. Kind of blink- because first of all, you have both hands. Right. Um, yes. You better be steering. So how are you supposed to signal like, I'm about to make a right turn? So, you know, yelling, here I come, or I'm coming out, <laughs> is what I ended up doing. That's probably not ideal. I'm not sure everyone could hear me. So then by 523, I'm in the flow of traffic. I'm really enjoying this. You're I, on the street. I'm on the street in the bike lane land. Okay. Because Santa Monica is the land of bike lanes. Right. So you're safer in the bike lane. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. So I'm pretty much enjoying it, but I am losing the blood flow to my hands because I'm gripping, gripping. <laughs> gripping the handles. Oh. And that's when I start to worry about my skull, Julie, because right. you just feel yes, incredibly Liz. vulnerable with the no helmet. And then, yeah, and 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 how's the balance? Yeah. Did you ever feel like you were out of balance? On yes, this, I did. On your scooter. Yes. 
So, rut row. Yes, you did. Oh, oh good. Rut row, no bike lane. Um, so at 5.24. So uh, by 5.24 and a half, I realized now I'm in the flow of regular traffic. And I realized how much I really would enjoy a rear view mirror. So no blinker, no rear view mirror. You can't hear anyone. And it's, it's especially creepy with the electric cars <laughs> behind you because, of course, as we know, you can't hear. I hit another 5.27, another major intersection. I just let everyone go and wait till there are no cars there before I go through. 5.28, I had one other enjoyable minute. 5.30, I make my last turn onto a side street there's a giant gash there where they've been repaving and like a manhole so boom i have a little x games experience boom in and out of the gash that was not good but i made it and 531 i pull up in front of my meditation studio desperately in need of meditation (laughs) so that's pretty much my report are they a hazard yes especially when i am driving uh are they fun yes they are super fun so I can see why for tourists, whatever. Uh, they definitely need turn signals and rear view mirrors, which I know takes away all the coolness that Travis van der Zanden <laughs> w- would want. And Travis van der Zanden, you know, obviously feels like he can just, the laws of physics and traffic flow do not apply. So would I ride them again? Mm, I might <laughs> once or twice. Just for fun. Okay, Liz, you know, Lee and I, for an early birthday present, we're going to get you, what color helmet would you like? Lime, lime green. <laughs> okay. Lime and then I'm going to get you, like, knee pads. I'm going to get you elbow pads. See, you that's know. the point, Julie. Uh, yeah. And that takes away all the coolness. So, yeah, no one's ever going to do that. So, I, I like, I, I get it. I'm not, like. You know, it's all going to be over. I mean, sadly, the first person that dies on one, that yes. will be done. Well, what, yeah, I think what's going to happen is cars if you're driving yeah. through the neighborhood it's very hard to see them yeah so, okay so that's my report we have to move on <laughs> if you have any thoughts i know from uh from the facebook group a lot of you have these scooters in your towns if you have tried them i would like to know if you are boycotting them i would like to know all of the above it's just we have so much traffic in I los know. angeles like yes but the thought less- of you and traffic <laughs> Uh, but I less just, so in no Santa good, No good yeah. can come from this, Liz. Yeah. No good. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Let's move on. Speaking of good coming from it, I just want to give a, a few thoughts about our Operation Sea Turtle. This is when we talk about health and wellness in the Satellite Sisterhood. And we call it Operation Sea Turtle because sea turtles are my spirit animal. Mm-hmm. And I love their zen calm, their resilience, and their swimming. So that's why, that's how this little thing got the name Operation Sea Turtle. Anyway, the past few months I've been posting that I've been, every every Saturday I post in the Facebook group. But lately I've really been having a hard time staying on my plan. You know, like it always surprises me. You know how Oprah always says, when you know better, you do better? Yeah. You've heard her say that a million times. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, that is just not true. Right. That is, I totally know what I should be doing. <laughs> Sorry, Oprah. I think maybe she's quoting Maya Angelou. So, right. Yeah. Okay, you're both wrong. Because I know better, but I do not consistently do better. Yeah. And what I have learned is there are little mind games I play with myself. There's a way I trick myself into not doing the right thing. So here are three. Uh, the first is the weighing thing, right? Right. When I feel mm-hmm. like I'm not balancing exercise and eating well, I'll say to myself, say on a Monday, I'll say... Okay, not going to weigh myself to the end of the week. I'll get on the scale on Friday. 
And so I give myself that whole week to kind of lose some weight. And so it's like cleaning up before the cleaning service yeah, comes. Right. I, yeah. I do that to myself a lot yeah. with the scale. Do you guys ever do that? Yeah, I haven't weighed myself Avoid in the quite scale? a while. Yeah. And I know lots of people say you should never get on the scale. And for those of you that can do that, God love you. Yeah. Because that just does not work for me. So this spring, I was definitely on a slippery slope where every Monday I would say, okay, I'm going to get on the scale Friday. <laughs> yeah. And every Friday I would say, not this Friday. And the next thing next I knew. Next Monday. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And then two months went by, Julie. Right. right. So uh. if you're like me, uh, welcome to the club. Uh Number two is you may be one of those people who say, I'll feel it in my clothes. Right. Right. That's, right. Yeah. That's, I, measure, I measure that way. Yes. You do. Yes. Except, Julie, I have bigger clothes. I yeah. have clothes in so many sizes. And most of my clothes stretch. <laughs> right. So let's just say that's not really a good indicator. Because I, if I feel it in my clothes, really months can go by and it could be 20 pounds later before right. I'm actually feeling it in my clothes. They do say consistently use the same pair of jeans. Yeah. Like it's not like use your stretch pants. I know. But I have actually uttered the words, I think my dryer is shrinking my clothes. <laughs> like some particularly right. grim winters. Like I think the dryer is shrinking my clothes. Mm-hmm. Like I actually believe that. Oh, or that. the dry cleaner. Yeah. If the, you ever sent anything right. to Oh, yeah. Right. The dry. This is. Just got dry cleaned. It's much yes. smaller now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And yet we it, all these things we say to ourselves allow it allows us to maintain our denial. Yeah. Which, okay, that's bad. I know it's equally bad to constantly be berating yourself about yes. how you're doing every day. Yes. So that's why I am trying to find this place of Zen calm. Mm-hmm. Which is why I enjoy the Facebook group because it's like pep talks from everyone and right. people are really sticking up for each other there. So I enjoy that. The third thing that strategy that people use is that you just do whatever's fun. You know, don't force yourself to do something you hate. Uh, and I totally buy this. I mean, that's why I love deep water aerobics and hate spinning. Right. But I've realized I'm also a creature that needs routine. So anything that gets myself into a like exercise plan that's too improvisational The next thing I know, like 10 days have gone by and I might be walking the dog and a couple of other things, but I'm not really doing the level of exercise that I need. So that that is true. You can easily fall off the level pretty quickly unless you go to an organized class. That's what I found with myself. Right. That's something that Mary Pat wrote in our Facebook group. She said, my high school lacrosse coach always told us it takes three weeks to get in shape and three days to get out of shape. And she admits, she said, I think that's, yeah, that's a tad a tad hyperbolic, but I've learned the hard way that it feels easier to quit than to get started. Because why choose three weeks when you can choose three days? <laughs> Am point. I right? Point, she, t- she says, read with self-defeating tone. <laughs> yes. The self-defeating self-talk. Yeah. Isn't that the thing we're really, really about? Like, that's what I'm trying to figure out, how to get over the self-defeating self-talk. I was talking to a friend. I, a friend was staying with me last night because she was in L.A. for business. And uh, I was like, what do you say to yourself when you, see, when you can feel like you're drifting from the plan? She said, I just say, choose health. Choose health. So it's never about my weight or how I look. It's always about how I feel. Yeah. And so right. that's a good one. Right. But I'm more like Amanda in our Facebook group who says, I walked into Zumba Saturday morning at 8.30 and saw that it was a sub from the good teacher, turned around and walked out, drove to the bakery and had a cinnamon roll. 
Uh, anyway, uh, so I like I enjoy hearing your pep talks, your suggestions. Uh, one th- oh, Stephanie, who is a regular a Satellite Sister listener and poster, she said, hey, Liz Dolan, uh, Leon Dolan has a copy of my book, The Migraine Relief Plan, which, by the way, Stephanie, I also had. She said there's a whole chapter in there called Planning to Fail, including a three-day back-on-track plan. Oh. While it's focused on people who get migraines, it totally applies to wellness overall. So I looked it up this morning, Stephanie, and you are correct. It's very helpful on page 128 of your book. So here's what Stephanie says in her book. She said, so we, we go off the diet, fall off the wagon, cheat, or as I prefer to say, I made an unhelpful choice. So that is very positive, Stephanie. I appreciate that. And later on, she says, unhelpful choices are made one at a time. They are not irrevocable. So that's my new that's my new pep talk, Stephanie and everyone else in the Operation Sea Turtle uh, Facebook group. Thank you very much for your thoughts, for encouraging each other. I have found this very uplifting. Excellent, Liz. All right. Uh, Good work, Liz. Stay tuned. We're going to get to some news. But for... Okay, we are back. And I know, Julie, you have a a very important First Lady's desk you wanted to bring to us today. Right. Now, this, you know, as many of you know who have listened to the show over the years, that I, I man the First Lady's desk um, and that I have watched, admired, defended First Ladies and First Spouses on a bipartisan basis for their right to do their own thing, that I don't believe in prescribed roles, and I have my battle cry, my bipartisan battle cry has always been leave the ladies alone. Right. That I think they should be ahead, you know, above all that criticism. So it was an extraordinary day yesterday uh, reading uh, former First Lady Laura Bush's op-ed in the Washington Post. And I know both of you saw this article that she wrote where she's, you know, she wrote, she said, I live in a border state. I know the need to enforce and protect our international boundaries, but this zero tolerance policy is cruel. It is immoral Mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart. And I think that in this one paragraph, you see how she was able to use the power of her position as the former first lady to rise above the politics and say the right thing, which mm-hmm. is, we need to protect these families. Right. Yes. You know, she goes on in this same editorial, which uh, I know, thanks to Liz, we're going to post, um, uh, uh, you know, online. Uh, you know, she references her f- um, former f- um, mother-in-law, um, Barbara Bush, and that in the eight, you know, in the 1980s had done a similar thing that had gone into an AIDS hospice house and picked up. Uh, a bit, you know, a young child who had AIDS and was crying and she comforted that child. She did the right thing in that moment. And Laura Bush's op-ed yesterday was absolutely the right thing. In, in the past 24 hours, it's very interesting that all of the former first ladies, Michelle Obama, Hillary Clinton and Rosalind Carter, have all voiced their support for for. Laura Bush sort of standing up and, you know, and using the power of her position to change, you know, to change the course there, that Mm -hmm. we have a moral obligation as adults to protect these families. We can figure out the immigration Mm -hmm. thing, but we have to keep these children with their parents. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was a very, 
impressive. I thought it was just, you know, we talked a lot about first ladies and sometimes they have formal roles and some informal roles, but just the power, the advocacy and the power of what she did yesterday, I'm hoping will be able, will be the sort of tipping point um, so that we get, you know, a more humane policy immediately um, in the border here in Texas. That's for sure. We certainly hope so. It's, and I assume it's unprecedented for all of the living first ladies to come out in this way together yep. on what is clearly a moral issue. Right. right. That's, right. What, that's why they obviously felt like they could and should speak out. The idea that we're deterring parents by inflicting abuse and torment on their children is just unconscionable. It's, and then <laughs> and just yep. rising. But yes. Right. And then by but rising, just simply stay saying you have to protect those children. Yes. That's it. Yes. There's nothing more, nothing less. That's that's the whole focus. And I think that now that all four of them are focused on this, you know, and in a I you know, I can't, as you said, Liz, an unprecedented way. I, I hope this is the tipping point. It does seem to. Well, there are many things that have happened over the last 48 hours that hopefully have turned public opinion dramatically in favor of let's just care for the children. Right. Like, yes. Right. Some things but are I'm not, very proud not of political. my first ladies yeah. today. And I'm very proud of all of them individually and then collectively using the power of that of that position um, in a cooperative, you know, cooperative way. So yeah. you it was know a very was... heavy weekend. I yes. thought the heaviness of what was happening on me physically, it was like Charlottesville. Mm-hmm. So to read that op-ed by Laura Bush lifted a little bit of that heaviness mm-hmm. that there was a clarity there. That you thought, yeah, okay, we can that's get it. through and, and this. Just, that was it. Just the families need to stay together right. mm-hmm. in the same way that her mother-in-law had said, we need to comfort these children with, you know, with AIDS. You know, mm-hmm. it just, you know, the, the simplest, most human act. Right. So, yes. So that was, that was good. good so work. well good work. done, First Ladies. Yep. I'm proud of you. And I'm proud to be <laughs> that we can talk about it today. And I hope we have good news going forward. Sisters, another story that I I really think it's sort of essential reading for women, you know, all women, all men, people who work in organizations, people who care about family and children, was was an article, a large article that was in the New York Times Sunday paper on the front page entitled Penalizing Pregnancy from Walmart to Wall Street. And the New York Times has done an extensive research. They, they reviewed thousands of pages of court documents, of public records. They interviewed dozens of women. And what they found is, unfortunately, sadly, a clear pattern that pregnant women are, are still systematically being sidelined uh, because of their pregnancy. And in some cases, if they complain about about being sidelined or harassed or you know put aside that in some cases they've been fired and and this is this is just i mean it is amazing because they chronicle women that have worked on wall street in very you know high pressure jobs um, and women that have worked in other fields you know so as in you at big you, companies right. and small companies you know, from Walmart to, you know, UPS to Merck. And it's, 
it's really shocking the individual um, stories that are involved. Lee, and I know you read it and you were really moved by it. Yeah, you pitched this yesterday and I hadn't had a chance to read this story. And I thought, oh, here we go. It's just, you know, it's going to be pregnant. Yeah, we all kind of know you get dinged the pay. You have to make up mm-hmm. some time. You move part time to full time, whatever, full time to part time. No, this was not that at all. These were these were like punitive you know, courses that bosses had taken, like, oh, you're pregnant? No, you still have to lift all the heavy stuff. Even though we have policies for people on disabilities Mm -hmm. and this and that, that don't have to do that. Oh, you drive for UPS and you got a DUI? Oh, no problem. We can make a special accommodation for you. But you, pregnant lady? Yeah, we're not making any accommodations for you. I mean, that was a terrible story. What they call a maternal wall that women run into well before they run into the glass ceiling. Yeah. You know, it's It's just uh, so surprising. And the the discrimination claims are on the rise, which it seems like it should be going at this point in time, because this is now the second generation of of working women that have attempted to work and have children and continue to work, um, that we would have better policies in place. But they're not. I mean, and and these, you know, these incidences range from you know, just a hostile environment, you know, really terrible comments, uh, you know, about the women, their pregnancies, the size of their, you know, stomach, right, you right. name it, you know, to, you know, where they are, you know, not accommodated for, you know, when they're doing a physically de- uh, demanding job, where it's been life threatening for many women, right. you know, where they've come in with doctor's notes saying, hey, they can't lift this heavy stuff, or they need to take extra rest breaks, or they need to be able to carry water around with them, or whatever, you know, I mean, it's really amazing. Um, Especially because, as you say, Julie, like there are plenty of other disabilities that are accommodated. And so the fact that there is this punishment for being pregnant, which is not true of other things that might require accommodation, really did shock me. It's it's punitive and it's so short-sighted. Like, who do they think is going to work in the workforce? I know. Like, could I've... we just get over the fact that women work? Like, <laughs> I thought have, we were over I it. I thought we were over it. Like, they are more than 50% of the workforce now. They More than, you know, 70% of mothers work. Enough is enough. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so short-sighted. I'm going to punish you now. And then, oh, then I'm going to have to go out, hire, train another employee, you know, because Chances I want... Chances are another woman. <laughs> another woman. It's just, it just makes me crazy. Mm-hmm. These and, are young these, women. You know, that discrimination is going on by both male and female bosses. Right. You know, I think that was another interesting insight in this, that it is not just, you know, women in a predominantly male environment. This is happening across the board, whether, you know, there's a, you know, female boss or a male boss. And even when these women return to work, you know, they are in many cases sidelined. They're not given the same uh, level of uh, responsibility. They're passed over for jobs. And this is a particular pet peeve of my daughter-in-law, that the lactation rooms or lactation spaces that they have for uh, for women who have returned to work are you know are pretty horrible. A lot of times they're in like closets with clean you know cleaning fluids and stuff like that. That can't be That's safe. That's not right. Yeah, no. We, right. we 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 can do better than that. We can do better than that for working mothers at this point in time. At this point uh, in time, and uh, it just it it really. Um, it was very dis- it was really disheartening <laughs> it was because chilling. it is a second generation. Yeah. This is not a new problem. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, you know, we've been at this, 
you know, my kids are in their thirties. Okay. So, you know, this, this has been going on for a long time. And, and there have uh, been landmark legal cases that were supposed to quote, solve all this. Yes. And, right. and it just, the, the, there's a lack of enforcement there. It's punitive. If women come forward and speak up, they're gone. You know, we have things like working mother magazine that I worked for, for many years. They have those hundred best companies for working women. There are standards that you're supposed to meet. These are not like, Oh my gosh, we don't know what to do. We've never thought of this what before. Is it? No, there's time it ever happened. Yeah, here. they're entire think tanks and checklists and, you know, strategies for improving your company in terms of mothers and working mothers. And so you can't pretend like this information yeah. isn't out there. You know, I mean, once again, when you know better, you do better. Yeah. Not necessarily, people. <laughs> we know better. Yeah. And some companies are not doing better or some bosses. Sometimes it's an individual departmental situation. The company may have great policies, but a lot of it depends on who you actually work for. Right. So yeah. you're fighting that first hurdle of, of implicit bias. And then you're just in fighting like all these other like unenforced uh, rules and regulations. Yeah. I just, you know. Uh, it just really, you're right. I, I was fired up after reading that. And demoralized. We, yeah, we, we do. We, we should get the first ladies on this. Can they come forward? <laughs> yes, I think I'm going to get along. I'm going I'm to talk to Laura Bush about writing another op-ed. But we do. We need to protect families. We need to protect pregnant women and yeah. children. And yes. we got, you know. The ability to create this. families seems yeah. like a good thing. Or how about just companies, the ability to create the next generation of customers? Who do you think is going to be shipping UPS in 25 years? Good point, That's what Leanne. I mean. Like, yeah. if you don't want women to have children, you're not going to have any customers <laughs> in 20 years. It just makes me crazy. Okay, I'm going to try to end this segment on a high note, sisters, okay. because I have, in a, in the same kind of world of, like, how are we really going to deal this? Deal with this, I have a TED Talk that I would like to recommend to you. And it's actually by a woman that I used to work with early in my career. Uh, we worked at Nike together. She now works in Nashville for... Google for the Google Fiber division of Google, which she has told me is the part of Google that nobody at Google cares about <laughs> because nobody at Google can really understand why you would ever want to dig a trench in the ground and put something in it. That's very hard. Anyway, so they're fibering up a bunch of places, and Martha Ivester is her name, and she's sort of the boss of that project in Nashville. Anyway, she recently did a TED Talk uh, called Hire a Mom at TEDx Nashville. And it was earlier this year, and it just got posted online. And I recommend it to all of you, because it's actually really a good thought process of if you're going back to work. She was out of the workforce for 10 years. So part of it is about, you know, what are you learning during the 10 years when you are caring for your kids? Like she said, when you're in the minivan with the three kids, what are the actual skills you are learning that time during that time? And how do you use that to your advantage when you go back into the workforce. So she has some funny stories about projectile vomiting. You know, yeah. don't you all? All yep. working moms. Yep. All yep. working moms have those. Uh, but also in the second half of the TED Talk, she talks about she didn't go directly to Google when she came back to work. She worked at a few other places first. But now that she's at Google, you know, where they study everything and they have data about everything, they, uh, they did two studies that she shares. One is about the eight key behaviors of a great leader. And they are mainly the kind of soft skills, what we would call soft skills, mm -hmm. that you learn being a mom in a minivan with your kids, including... Empathy, 
communication skills, empowerment, and concern for the well-being of those around you. So she kind of goes through those and the science that supports knowing how to be good at that makes you a great coach when you get into the workplace and a coach who will invest in the well-being of your employees, which Google wants because they want the best employees and they don't want people to leave. So that part is interesting. And then the other part that's very interesting is something that Google called Project Aristotle. And this studied the most effective teams because they could see that teams with even the exact same makeup, like the combination of engineers and other people and where they came from, they still had wildly different results, even though they kind of from the outside looked the same. So they studied what are the markers for great teams and what makes teams more functional. And The number one thing that Google concluded is what they call psychological safety. When teams feel that they are, they can trust you and trust each other, that there's mutual respect, that they are free to take risks and there will be some learning, it creates an environment of psychological safety. And that actually makes everyone more successful, creates more revenue for the company, FYI, and actually makes people happier in their workplace. And so she sort of concludes, there's a lot more to it than this. She's like, what is a mom's job other than (laughs) creating psychological safety for our children? She said, I realized I spent 10 years in a minivan creating psychological safety for my kids. Like I woke up every day and my only job was to create psychological safety. If that's important, I know how to do that. So anyway, we will put it in our show notes. Uh, Her name is Martha Ivester. It's called Hire a Mom. And I think for those of you who are thinking about how to talk to employers about your skills, how to get back into the workforce, there's just a lot of good information in there that I think you will find empowering and useful in conversations in your own job search. So so thank you, Martha, for giving a little bit of a uplift today. Yay! <laughs> there's, right, there's, some, there's some bad news, but there's also some, there could be light at the end of the tunnel. It's called psychological safety for all. I'm for it. All right. Oh, good, Liz. I can't wait to see that. Looking forward to that. I probably get asked every week that question about, like, I've been out of the workforce now. What should I do? Yeah. I get asked that all the time. Or if I leave the workforce. So that's good. I can direct people to this. Uh, excellent. All right. Coming up, we are going to talk about our satellite sister, Summer Reed, and Julie has Brooklyn fashion trends. <laughs> can't wait. Okay. All right. Speaking of summer fun, we were excited to announce last week on the Facebook page and now on the podcast that we have an official Satellite Sisters summer read. And it's part of our Best Beach by Books compendium. Okay. It's a compendium. (laughs) This is an annual feature that you put a lot of work into, I don't know what that word means, Leanne, but it sounds uh, so classic. It's so much better than a list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's comprehensive. We put out a list, but we're also giving you the opportunity to read this book ahead of time. You get a sneak preview of the list. And then we're going to interview author Jenna Blum on the air. So the Satellite Sisters Summer Read is The Lost Family. 
All right. This book came highly recommended to me from a, by a couple of my writer friends, so I checked it out. Immediately, I loved it. It's a multi-generational story, so I like that. It's a saga, as they say. Liz, it's <laughs> saga. a saga. That's a uh, genre. It ends a family saga. It is a genre, Liz. And, but it covers three decades. And what I like, Jenna Blum, first of all, is a fantastic writer. She's written New York Times bestsellers before. She, she's really uh, super solid at creating a sense of time and place. And the book is set in New York in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And each one of those decades is sort of narrated by a a different person in the family. Uh, But there's a lot of good fashion and there's a lot of good news and pop culture, but a a really deep story because it's it's the story of the aftermath of World War II Mm -hmm. told from a father's point of view. And uh, so I know that sounds a little heavy. And it is a meaningful book, um, but I think you'll also enjoy just being swept away to a certain time and place. So the book is The Lost Family by Jenna Blum. There are you know links at our Facebook page and our uh, and our website. We are going to be talking to Jenna on our Fourth of July special that will uh, that will post on July third, and that's when we'll um, also put the whole list of beach bag books up because. <laughs> I'm literally reading night and day, as is Julie. Julie, you're reading night and day. I got some uh, books for your compendium. Okay, good. Yeah, it's a compendium. So it takes. Are you on the compendium committee? Yeah. Is that that how that works? (laughs) So it takes us a while to put all this stuff together, but we're excited. If you want to read along with us, our summer read, The Lost Family by Jenna Blum. We'll be talking to her July 3rd, and then we'll be posting the rest of the books. So excellent. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Do I have something else next? Yeah, you have like a fun yes. Facebook oh, roundup. Facebook yes. roundup. Okay, sorry. My notes are all over the place here because I had to. Isn't the Facebook group just an uplifting place to be? When life is getting you down, yes. it's just uplifting over there. Yes. It's yeah. a place for pep talks. Yes, it is. You know, and, and we had some serious posts last week in mm-hmm. light of our discussion on uh, suicide and depression. We want to thank people for their honesty and so many fantastic comments and posts. And then we just had some super fun posts. And I was going to go over the super fun ones today. But if you want to become a member of our Facebook group, um, all we ask is that you ask us. And if mm-hmm. you are a real person, we're happy to approve you. We like to keep it clean over there just (laughs) so you know just like no nudity all right I don't you know I don't care if it's uplifting nudity or what it was kind of uplifting nudity but that's a good rule I don't have time to like decide what's uplifting and what's crossing the line just no nudity no coarse language you can put that on your own Facebook yeah please but on ours there's a lot of posts happening now advice on travel people are traveling they're going places they're going to Australia and Vienna and Portland, and they want to know your tips and where you want to go. So that's great. People are giving gifts. They want to know what gifts to give to college graduates and wedding gifts and this and that. Head on over there if you have a gift question. Some people are soliciting housing for their college student. <laughs> fine. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. Activities are looking for activities for various family members to fill their summertime. Fantastic. So a lot of good fun posts. We got... Last week on the show, I told the story. Uh, it sort of popped into my head of our first communion, yes. where as the eighth of eighth child, like my mother just the took parents me the week were not before, around at all, and then you took me to IHOP, sure. and that was that. We had so many other children and big family go. Oh, totally me, totally me. Oh, I just went to confession with my aunt. This and that. Lots of stories of benign neglect yes. on the Facebook page. Yep. 
I know we're all better off for it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we know. Being Mm -hmm. like eight of eight, six of eight, you know, seven of 10. We know we actually were the lucky ones that you, Julie, oh, firstborn girl, you were scrutinized. Yes. I lived a life under the radar. free. Radar, you were like just, 17 and a half years. Free and clear, land. You could do no wrong. That had already been done yeah. by many brothers and sisters. As yeah. someone on the Facebook just, page said, just don't do what your older brothers and sisters did. That yes, was the totally, secret yeah, to yeah. survival. <laughs> so that was funny. Uh, shout out to Kathy. She was there at the U.S. Open at Shinnecock Hills this weekend. Uh, oh, yeah. I and she that. was listening to Satellite Sisters while sitting on the 18th green. Kathy, way to go, because that's a long day on the golf course. <laughs> course. Uh, All right. Carly, she is so excited to listen to all these different travel segments that we've been doing on the show. She wants to start a Satellite Sisters Travel Club. Uh, Yes. Go for it, Carly. That's all I can say. (laughs) Go for it. Happy. Happy to have you take that on. Uh, Liz, we've been advocating the Americans. Yeah, that special close encounter. Eyes that I was watching it. We a lot of acolytes now. People yes. turning on the Americans, getting sucked and in. And starting at the very beginning, I appreciate your commitment. Season one, yeah. episode one, right? You're going to enjoy it, right? I, like I know sometimes when something is super hyped, like then you experiencing it, not so much. But no, I think there's a lot of enjoyment and drama ahead of you. I want to, Liz. I want to shout out to Karen. She is the number one Liz Dolan fangirl. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this post. It's like she's just discovered you now. She's going to listen to everything you say on every podcast, <laughs> on the many, many co- podcasts you I'm on a do. lot of podcasts. I know you. I know. And, she's Liz has got a lot to say, and it's usually extremely valuable. So just, it's time well spent. She wants your hot take on everything. She also, Liz, wants your autobiography or memoir. So I am just checking in. When's that coming? When's Liz Dolan, my story, coming? <laughs> well, as I responded to, uh, to Karen in the Facebook group, like, I wish I had taken more notes along the way. Yeah. Yes. I I do. I find it easier just to tell my story. Right. That's what this is for. (laughs) That's why I go on. all. You know, I have one other podcast that I co-host called Safe for Work. So I do share a lot of my professional experiences there. We don't do so much of that here. But over there, I do. I could do more of that here. And then lately, I've been appearing on a lot of other people's podcasts. So uh, just spouting off. It's just easier to talk about it, to sit down and write it all out. It is hard to write. Leanne's a writer. I can see how hard that is. (laughs) And she gets to make everything up. I'd have to I'd have to remember things. Anyway, thank you for uh, the the kind words. Liz, just know whatever you say, Karen is listening. (laughs) And then finally, I think this week's award for highest and best use of the Satellite Sisters Facebook group goes to Kathleen. This sums up the whole spirit of the sisterhood, because, again, was a heavy weekend. And what does Kathleen do? Just posts on our group. Hey, uh, I-, I live near Northwestern University if anyone needs a parking spot for graduation. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs an app? Yes. You don't need an you got, app. You got Kathleen. We got the Facebook group. That was so kind of that you, That is very Karen. sweet. That, that very is the spirit. Generous. It is a, the spirit. A spot? It's totally very the spirit generous. of the Satellite Sisterhood. So, Kathleen, thank you. You win highest and best use of Facebook group this week. <laughs> Okay, sisters, do we have some quick uh, time for quick trends from Brooklyn? I was there last week, uh, you know, and I spend a lot of time with the children, but I'm also observing all the street fashion. Um, I got four big trends for you, sisters. Oh, great. Okay. Number one, it's all about statement hair. Okay. Uh, You just can't, uh, you can't operate with just a blow dryer and some highlights. That is done. I mean, what's happening on the streets in Brooklyn, it's really bold color like magenta teal scarlet scarlet and teal 
I mean, they're not, it's not like the subtle gray, you know, I mean, a couple seasons ago, people yeah. were, mm-hmm. no, these are like really bright colors, you know, and maybe two colors in your hair. I don't see either one of you doing that, but, uh, <laughs> but people are doing it. You're, yeah. You've got to make a big statement with your hair. Okay. I other contemplated big, just a little highlight. Uh-huh. You know, what the heck, right? Well, like, like a purple. Yeah. Or a, yeah. 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 Okay. But, Maybe age appropriate, but yeah, 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 I would go with the bold color if you want okay. to be on trend. Second big trend, braids. I mean, longer, the better braids, braiding braids. And then a lot of women are walking around with these sort of sculptured braids on the top of their heads. I mean, I saw one woman, she looked like she had the Taj Mahal <laughs> made out of braids on her head. I mean, they're yeah. amazing. I mean, you are, you are turning around to look at these people's hair because wow. it's so amazing. There's so much of it or it's braided or it's colored. So wow, we really okay. got to think, rethink hair. our hair. Hair. Up yeah, our hair, hair game. Stay, Okay. Mm, okay, this is also true for men. Okay, the man, the man uh, bun, it's done. Okay, that's out. Yeah. Now what I'm seeing, and I'm and I'm also seeing this at the World Cup, Leanne, man poof, like that's <laughs> uh, closely shaven on the side of the man's yeah. head, and then on top, it things they're tufts or poofs, yeah, or like a rolling wave yeah. of hair. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's very big. So I'm calling those man poofs. That's now. a good okay. one. I think yeah. my okay. Br- I, Brooks is now having a man poof. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, and, as you describe it. Yeah. Sometimes it's they've got it like sticking up, but there's no hair on most of their head. It's just up on top mm. there. Okay. I okay. think I think it may be better than the man bun. Okay, Leanne, <laughs> for you when I saw this, I c- couldn't believe it. Saw a lot of it on the street. Overalls. Didn't you have a pair of overalls? You know it. I mean, and I look great. Signature style. (laughs) You did. Yes. When my kids were little. Yeah. I had, I, again, we had zero money. So this was my like one fashion item. It was the mid nineties. I actually have one of my favorite pictures. Maybe I'll scan it and post it. Uh, it's a picture of me and my overalls in a striped shirt and Brooks in his overalls in a striped shirt, but he's 18 months old. <laughs> that I, is a super cute picture. I look at that picture. And I think to myself, what was I thinking? But I really thought I looked adorable in those overalls, you know, yeah, and okay. if you're young and yeah. cute, you should wear them. Yeah. They look so cute on the street you know they're like big pants with yeah. overalls very stylish walking around i i don't think this is going to be hard to pull off uh you know over the age of 30 but you know some of the women were doing it but yeah. I, I saw a lot of overalls in brooklyn the other thing that's very popular high-waisted pants yes you know? and some I of the high-waisted that. pants are so high they're coming up right under the bus line. They're I mean, it's pier. all pants. They're all pier pants, which look incredibly difficult to sit down in. Uh, the, same, the same is true. I saw several women wearing skirts as dresses. They were just taking their skirt and Pulling no them shirt, up? just putting it up as a huh. dress. They are wow. so, it gets so hot in Brooklyn in the summer. <laughs> Sounds yes, easy so breezy. <laughs> So that was that was something you might want to like if you're looking for a new style, just go into your closet, put your skirt on. That's all. That's all you need. You know, Um, I do see one unfortunate trend going on is the retro trend where they're wearing where young girls are wearing the mom jeans and Reebok aerobic sneakers. I know. I have this. Really? That's a thing. Yes, it. it's a thing. I was like, don't do it because we did that in the 80s. Yeah. And then you're going to look at yourself in the pictures and you're like, yikes, why were we wearing those mom jeans and those big white aerobic sneakers? But 
that's what they're wearing. Sort of ironically, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I've noticed a lot of those high waisted pants. Well, here in LA, and then also in in Paris and stuff. Yeah, the kids, the yep. kids, yeah. and they, they're but really high waisted. So that that you can't go wrong. I mean, people are wearing slips. They're wearing dresses that should have slips under them, but they're not doing that, mm-hmm. you know. And then they're wearing shirts as dresses, but they're mm-hmm. not they're not shirt dresses. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a lot of confusion, a lot of <laughs> confusion. Think of it as liberation, Julie. It's liberation. I would like to see slips under dresses, <laughs> not and I would like shirts with pants, not shirts as dresses. Okay. That is Urban Nana's. That's some good report. insight. Okay. <laughs> All right. We are wrapping today. We would like to thank our sponsors for today's show. Thanks to FabFitFun, Knipe, and Ritual for supporting Satellite Sisters. If you need links or codes, you can always go to SatelliteSisters.com. Or if you're listening mm-hmm. on your phone, just tap on the cover art, mm-hmm. and that will pop up. It will be right there for you. We'd like to thank uh, the Wondry Sunset Studios and our engineer, Sergio Enriquez. All right. What's on the to-do list for the week? gals uh i am um we have a big music festival happening you know at the rose oh, yeah, bowl the arroyo the, seco yeah. music festival it's put on by the coachella people but it's for old people so it's not quite old cella i think they call it old cella. it's not quite that old but uh you know we went last year one day this year we bought the we bought the weekend passes uh we're looking forward to jack white is playing he's one of my faves that so that's why i bought the pass the kings of leon are reuniting oh, okay. neil, oh, neil, neil young oh, is, they broke up <laughs> they did liz neil young is a headline uh, some fan faves from way back, Violent yeah. Femmes, Alanis Morissette, my girl Alanis. Wow. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing her. Erin Neville will be there. Oh, I'm so, in. Yeah. Here's the thing, you know, you have to get your festival wear. And yes. this is when oh, you're so really... Lynn, I got you know, you're good. I was just overall overall shorts, Lynn. That's what you gotta wear. That's what you gotta rock. <laughs> no, so here's the problem. This is when you realize you're old because yeah. like I actually ordered an SPF fifty dress from Land's End. <laughs> I was like is ah, it too ah. dorky to wear this? But this is actually the perfect festival dress, just like a, a tent of sunscreen <laughs> with long sleeves. Mm. Like I and I just thought I'm just gonna wear the same dress both days. That's what I'm doing. I'm gonna order the up this SPF Land's End dress. I'm gonna wear it both days. So that's what I will not be looking cute. No. I will not be featured in anyone's Instagram shots. I don't <laughs> You could try scooting there if you wanna look yeah. cute. Just get yourself a bird and scoot to the festival. No good can come from that, Liz. We're just walking down the hill because it's right at the Rose Bowl. So that's what I'll be doing in Milan's end dress. (laughs) Walking down the hill to see old people play rock and roll. (laughs) Okay, rock on, sister. Hey, I my big to do is not to lose my son's dog. I am I am dog sitting this week. My son has a lovely, she's sweet rescue dog named Lily. She's a little bit, uh, she's mainly greyhound and then a lot of other things. Yeah. Oh, so uh, it sounds but, like she could run away fast if she chose yes, to run she away. she is fast. And she's terrible on the leash. So that, uh, my job is just not to lose her. That's my to-do list. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, she's part greyhound, like part rabbit. I mean, what is that? <laughs> I mean, that's that she. I'm going to post a picture of Lily. Yeah. And uh, just weigh in whatever you think she is. But she she's a sweet girl. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, and I have a major event this weekend. A very close friend of mine has a big birthday party, so that's fun. You know, milestone birthday party, so I'm headed to New York uh, just for the weekend, in on Friday, out on Sunday for a big party on Saturday night, lakeside with a bunch of friends. Cannot wait. Uh, Ooh, you the- should get a Land's End SPF 50 <laughs> dress. You could wear it the whole time. You're there. I was having the clothing Liz, debate. think about your hair. Statement <laughs> hair, Liz. Okay. Okay. Maybe blue. Maybe Okay. Maybe purple. You know, mm-hmm. it's all about Prince homage with me when I start choosing colors. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, I'm really looking forward. You know, those milestone birthday parties that they're just always fun to go to and be yes. with your friends. And especially when you're with friends that you've known for a long time. So are you planning is, any entertainment or will there be skits or poetry or a, a rap song? Maybe in the doing? event that the birthday girl could be listening to this, Leanne. OK, I am not going to divulge the plans for that. Excellent. OK, but let's just say. A lot of people at this party are in the television business. So I just leave it there. I just <laughs> okay. leave, it, leave it there. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, uh, that's it for the show this week. Thanks, as always, that's it. for listening. That's it. That's all we got. <laughs> got to get going. Time to go. <laughs> um, so uh, have a great week, sisters. You too, Leah. You too. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>